I'm Dustin Zahn, and this is Trainwrecks. Once again, for those of you who uh, haven't listened regularly, I recorded a bunch of episodes earlier this year, but I had to put the podcast on hold for several reasons. Now that the show is back, I'm finally airing these episodes, and this one and the next one are the last older episodes. After that, I'll have a few new ones starting in the next month or two, and I'm already lining up some guests, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome and probably pretty messy. I have a few things to plug, uh, including free tickets to give away, which would be the first time for the podcast. So bear with me for a minute here. First of all, I recorded a new DJ mix for Cyanoid. It's a newish organization that has been doing events at a club called Griezmüller here in Berlin. Um, my mix features music from people like Your Own Search, Oscar Malero, Jeff Mills, Joel Mull, and names like that. So if that gives your dangle a little angle, then uh, head over to my SoundCloud page and check it out. Secondly, this one is kind of a two-part announcement. Uh, first of all, I've been very busy in the studio in the past 12 months. Aside from having my next four or five techno records ready to go, which I will give you more info on soon enough, I've started a bunch of new studio projects that I'm really happy about. Um, I'm still in the techno for life, but the current industry climate rewards social context over art, and I've got no time for that shit. So I need to spread my little wings and fly. Uh, the first one that I can announce is a new band project. I've been in the studio with a Minneapolis band named Polisa over the past year, and um, some people kind of picked up on this when I played live with Ryan's other project named uh, <laughs> Marijuana Death Squads earlier this winter. Um, I was in town for a recording session, and, uh, well, it's much darker than the usual Polisa material and much more song-oriented than my usual output, so it's going to be its own project. Um, we've already recorded roughly an album's worth of new material, and we're going to be writing more next week and on and on. Um, whether it all gets released or not is something we're still deciding. However, we will be dropping one of the songs this month, and I would consider it more of a preview rather than a single. Um, I'm not really sure how to describe it. It's very synth-pop-leaning, but not in a wanky 80s sort of way. It's moody, seductive, and pulsating. Most importantly, it feels current and fresh. It's the kind of stuff that you would blast in your headphones at midnight, maybe with a cup of wine. I don't know. Uh, the reason I'm mentioning it is because we'll be playing everything live next week in Berlin. The infamous Mitchellberger Hotel in Friedrichshain is bringing back the People Festival for a second edition. The first one occurred uh, two years ago and was quite an inspiring game changer for everyone involved. Uh, for this year, the idea stays the same. There's no real lineup and no planned performances. Instead of announcing band names, the only names listed are the musicians' actual names. These musicians will be debuting various collaborative projects, like the one I mentioned, and they'll also show up a week early to write and rehearse brand new material specifically for the weekend. Uh, that means all of these artists, you know, over 160 of them, will be hanging out in Berlin for the next week, just kind of 
kicking around, having a couple drinks, and, and hanging out in roughly 30 studios to see what happens. Kind of insane. Uh, no single artist is getting paid, and all the money is reinvested into the studio time, room, and board for everybody for the entire week. You might be thinking, yeah, that sounds great, Dustin, but who are we talking about? Well, they don't list the band specifically, but I'll do you a favor. Uh, you can expect members from Siger Ross, Mouse on Mars, Young Fathers, Bon Iver, The National, Feist, Arcade Fire, Francis and the Lights, and more. What about techno, you ask? Well, there's not a ton, but uh, I'll be reviving my ambient techno project with Albert Elmore from Minneapolis. Uh, we did that on the last edition. Uh, that went really well, so we're going to you know, see how far we can take it this time. And I've also been collaborating with a bunch of other musicians already to put together a really neat uh, live techno set from people that don't really have anything to do with that world. I also think Boys Noise is also up on dance duty, so there's going to be some things kicking around. The festival is taking place August 18th and 19th at Funk House in Berlin, which is an insanely beautiful and historic venue. Um, if you ever get to Berlin, it's worth checking that place out, by the way. For the first time ever on the show, I'm giving away free tickets. Here's the deal. We're giving away two full-day tickets. That means one per person, and you'll get it for a full day of your choosing. It is not a weekend pass. And also, getting to the festival is your responsibility. Uh, if you're interested, all you need to do is send an email with your full legal name to hello at trainwreckspodcast.com with people in the subject line. Bam. If you're selected, we'll email you with the further instructions on how to claim the tickets. Uh, if you want to learn more about the festival, or even better, you want to buy some tickets, just Google People Music Festival in Berlin, and it's the first result that shows up. Spelling Mitchellberger uh, can be kind of fusing, confusing for some people. That also reminds me, uh, I honestly forgot the podcast had an email address for you to send stuff to. I logged in a few minutes ago just to make sure that it works and saw a ton of unread emails. I'm really sorry about that, and uh, I'm genuinely just an idiot, and I'll, I'll try to check these out. Lastly, one more quick plug. This weekend in the Midwest marks the return of Even Further. This time, Drop Ace Network is hosting it alongside Intellifunk, and the lineup is pretty killer. On the techno tip, the festival features underground resistance. How about that shit, man? Uh, pff, legends. They'll be performing the Acid Rain stuff live. Luke Hess is also repping Detroit. Perk is back, and this time is with Ansem. New York's Antennas will also be there, and she'll surely rip it the fuck up. So if you're bored and need your brain rearranged, pack the car and head north. You can find out more info at dropbase.net. And if you haven't already, check out episode two of this podcast, which features Kurt X, the mind behind Further. Uh, it's a great lesson, and it's got some hilarious stories. And... I'm positive, you know, as long as he's down, I'm going to have Kurt back on the show for a recap over the past couple of years. It's just hard. We're on different sides of the ocean. All right, if you haven't fallen asleep, it's time to get to this week's guest. His name is Marcus Suckett. He's a German dude who left his first mark about eight years ago on Lucy's Stroboscopic Artifacts label. Since then, he's released multiple EPs, an album, and a collaboration with Len Fackey on his record label named Figure. Shortly after that, he founded a record label with, well, with Johannes Heil called Exile, 
and uh, spawned even more EPs in an album. In the meantime, he launched his own Suck It label, SCKT, uh, Tales of the Machine, and a newly founded label called Pattern Research. In 2018, Marcus closely aligns himself to another common friend of mine, Radio Slave. Uh, Matt Edwards assigned him to the label for multiple EPs and in an album that's due to drop, oh, I'd guess after the summer at this point. On the performance tip, uh, he just did his first live performance at Trezor with more live dates planned for the future, and he's DJing regularly on the weekend, and during the week he's record digging. Uh, I can keep going, but there'd be no point listening to the show, so let's get to it. Enjoy the episode. Okay, Marcus, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's kind of nice. I, I hit you up yesterday, and like, I'm going to be in town. Let's do this. So yeah. it, it happened right away. You're from Dusseldorf, right? Yeah, living next to Dusseldorf, more on the countryside, yeah. Okay. Actually. And uh, so you get the little bit of the, like, the kind of rural, uh, chilled-out vibe, and then on the weekends you get your city Absolutely. Fix. That's cool. a perfect contrast for me. Like, You know, I, I don't mind it because, I mean... Like, well, Minneapolis is, uh, I don't it's not a huge city, but it's a bigger city where I come from originally. Absolutely. So, yeah. But, um, so you've been at it for quite a while now. Um, eight years? Well, at least for releases. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it could, I, could be, it's like around eight, eight years could be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I remember when, when you had popped up and I knew it had been a minute, but it, it was, it's been a while. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm a bit scared now. <laughs> did, it's like on Discogs here, it says you started off with Stroboscopic Artifact. Yeah, that, that, right? that, that was my first vinyl release, uh, split one with Yonoscop. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, since it's it's been about eight years now and you've kind of had, uh, well, you've always been connected to good things, I guess you could say right from the beginning, like strong acts or labels and whatnot. Yeah. And actually, you've been pretty prolific since then. Put out a lot of records. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> hard work. So, uh, well, that's that's. I would say most of the the battle. Like, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of people that are talented that don't do anything. They're yeah. so lazy, and then nothing <laughs> happens. So, but yeah, so it's been a long time. And in the meantime, you've done a couple albums already. Um, was DNA the first one? Yeah, on that figure? was the first one on figure, absolutely. Yeah. And then Resist on Exile. Yeah, yeah, last year. Okay. Yeah, so in the process, you've done a couple albums. You've started labels, uh, you know, released. Now you're on records, right? Yeah. So there's a lot to, to kind of get to here. Um, <laughs> Feel free, I mean. Yeah. We've got plenty of time, so. Exactly. Um, so in the beginning, I mean, you... 2010, we said roughly, is when you started putting out the records. But do you know when you kind of got into the music or what kind of got you that little inspiration? I mean, um, I'm like 30 years now. And I just thought about that situation like last week again. Um, I think it started around when I was 10, 11. Mm -hmm. I just got interested in electronic music. I yeah. mean, I mean... I was super young, had no idea about that. Mm -hmm. And there was a radio show every Saturday uh, on BFBS 1. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, it was like this UK techno, trance stuff and whatever. And, and I, I, I just asked myself, like, 
what are those long tracks which which like go on for one hour or longer yeah and yeah <laughs> then i just found out and it's like mixed together and stuff like that so so i just got more interested and in, yeah that 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 was my whole starting point equipment ever like i mean every I everyone oh everybody starts ev every, though, you yeah, know I, I think so too so um yeah spent my whole pocket money on 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 records like mm -hmm. and stuff like that and yeah i know thing like oh, i don't know when i started to get interested in producing but it came later i think it was like with 16 17 downloaded some demos of i think fruity loops or something yeah um yeah it just went from there yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and yeah i mean the the interesting thing that i i think about your productions and because uh, i mean i you know i've been playing your tracks for forever now Thank and you. <laughs> looking at this list it reminds me of a bunch of them and it's like the one thing that was kind of consistent throughout is like you could already kind of see where your sound or your signature was almost from the beginning of course you've improved and expanded since yeah then, thank you like you know what i mean like this kind of like dubby stripped down yeah. sort of sound i don't know is that like something that you took inspiration from like minimal techno or like the Bergheim type time i mean it, it, like it, that, it could be i mean um when i i really got more into producing music um for myself it was that minimal time when uh, i think d9 transitions came out later and yeah stuff like that like minus was super huge um yeah and later uh like ben and marcel popped up and stuff mm -hmm. like that so that was like really inspiring for me um but i don't know if that's that's the reason why i'm sounding like i'm sounding <laughs> yeah well i mean i think we all have um whether we realize it or not you, you, the kind of music you listen to obviously influences absolutely everything you know? everything even even like uh you're pretty big in hip-hop right yeah and like obviously that you can feel that kind of like rough rugged vibe in it and whatnot and um i like to i mean maybe it's a general assumption but a lot of people who they put the the bap like which is the clap or the snare yeah. on, in techno like that's basically really coming from house you know what i mean absolutely so and then when when you listen to techno records and there's it's not on the two and the four you can almost nine times out of ten assume like that dude was never really gonna be into like house or that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's just more yeah, just... yeah. I mean that's that's not correct because I I listened also to a lot of house stuff stuff like that. But um, yeah, if if I would like describe my my own sound, it's like in between techno and house. I would say. A little bit, so yeah. That's my area I mean, where the groove I, of house. Yeah, that's that's my know. area where I'm really like comfortable. So, um, yeah. Do you, but I mean, like on on your last album, there was kind of some housey moments. Do you ever see yourself doing a full blown alias for that, or not really? No, no. I mean, I don't see the point of doing an alias because I'm sounding more housey or stuff like that. I mean, I did this Tales of the Machines uh, thing in 2016. 
Yeah. But that was just like fun because I was uh, moving houses and um, I just had to re-cable my whole studio and it was like pain in the ass. And I just grabbed like a couple of stuff and did like hardware jams. Mm -hmm. So the process was totally different. That's why I uh, have chosen uh, to do this like a side project for yeah. one time, you know, like. Oh, so it's not going to be a continuous thing? Maybe someday, but I don't feel like a pressure or whatever to mm -hmm. do that once again or whatever. Gotcha. So, yeah, but I mean, like, uh, also when I was looking in Discogs, I think that's probably, we have a few aliases, but not many. Um, but I mean, I, I'm kind of the same way, like, I don't know, I... I think also I'm not, it's not that I'm necessarily much older than you, but also coming from a time where it was like totally acceptable for a producer to do multiple things under Absolutely. One. I mean, why, why to, why should you um, like concentrate just on one thing? I mean, I mean, you're producing uh, also music and I mean, you, you recognize, okay, now, now I'm having this mood. And so something totally different blows up, which, you would have never thought of two days before or whatever, you know, yeah. like it's just random stuff going on in the studio. And if I like it after quite a while and still like it after a couple of months, I just put it out, you know? Yeah. I'm the same way. I kind of got to let, sometimes you just know that the track is great, yeah. but a lot of times, especially for these kind of not hits, but jams, those, you kind of got to let marinate and then a couple yeah. months later you're like this is not bad I, sh I should release this one yeah actually correct yeah i think more people could stand to do that <laughs> you can't just put stuff out immediately you know no I, I mean it has to prove the test of time i i always say like because otherwise it's just stupid and i mean i i release a lot i think mm -hmm. um but it could be more if I just release everything, but I'm like, why should I? You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I mean, in in the end of the day, I just want to look back someday on my own records, maybe tell my own kids like, look what I've done, and if there's like shit between, I, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, when I was in my early 20s, I was definitely more liberal. Like, I would put out not necessarily anything, but, like, I was open to whatever. Because yeah. I didn't really think of it in terms of, like, I'm going to try and have a career or whatever. But nowadays, I would I don't want to put out just anything because, uh, like you said, it would bless us more. But I also That's think at the same time, the industry has changed in the last, even the past year where it's really all about just pumping shit out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's become a fashion industry, basically. I mean, it became too fast, you know? Like, yeah. everything is just like, you put a record out, like, uh, a week after, nobody is interested anymore into it, you know? Like, uh, that's weird. I mean, I, I'm, I started uh, in a time where you had, like, hits, you know, mm -hmm. which developed uh, in the clubs. So the record came out and like one and a half year later, it was a hit, you know, Yeah. because everyone was still playing it or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's something I totally miss today, uh, nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
Yeah, it's weird, like how how it changed. Like it's a whole. I think it's a whole internet. Uh, this fast living generation, you know, like it's the same. Uh, like uh, checking your phone and uh, okay, switch the app and whatever. Everything's disposable yeah. now, you know. It's horrible. And it's a shame because as an artist, you and especially if you take it seriously or want to be credible or whatever, like you. You don't want to just rush anything out because you feel pressured to release a record. But at the same time, if you don't, uh, it it will for sure have an impact on your yeah. sound. I mean, these days, even producers that used to get away with putting out one record a year, you now see three or four at least. Absolutely, um, yeah. But I think it's also because there's no there's there's a lot of great records coming up, but there's no hits. You know what I mean? Like anthems so to speak or like yeah it could be i mean every everything sounds kind of the same exactly that, that's, that's, what I'm getting that, at. that's that's why i nearly never check like beatport anymore mm-hmm. i mean if if i'm in berlin like today for example i uh, have the opportunity to go to record shops or whatever yeah. so i do that you know like buying records Rippings and them off and whatever. That's more fun. That's recording the vinyl, not yeah, yeah. sampling them. By the way, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, for 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 playing it in the clubs and, I mean, I I also bring like vinyls in the club. Uh, started that again because I mean, why should I have like a vinyl only label and uh, another vinyl label, um, and not playing vinyl? You know, makes no sense. Um, that's, that's kind of what I've been struggling with the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm about to hit the road a lot. I'm like. Should I bring the record bag? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least just put in like five records or whatever. Yeah. And well, here's my problem with that: is like I buy a lot of records, but they're not really peak time techno records. Yeah, you know, like the Soda Fat and all that kind of shit. So it's like, how am I going to squeeze that in when I'm doing like a headlining? Yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's a t- yeah tough, tough thing. Yeah, but but who knows? Maybe people would actually come to my my gigs if I was doing that. No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> You know, I, I want to rewind just a little bit more because we're getting into some pretty good things about where you're kind of ending up at now, talking about hits, and one guy that we both have in common is Radio Slave. Yeah. Um, and before you got to records, though, looking looking at your discography, I feel like there's kind of, in the eight years, there's maybe like kind of three sort of definitions of waves. Like in the beginning, I would say like figure was a pretty much like your staple. Absolutely, absolutely. Running around with Len and stuff. And then... You know, you focused on Exile a while with Johannes Heil. Absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, but now it kind of seems like, aside from your own labels, records, and your new on pattern research. Yeah, that that's it. I mean, that's that's what I'm. That and records, basically, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so with with records, I saw Matt posted a tweet. You're doing an album then, right? Or yeah. was it a little yeah, pre? No, no, it's a, uh, it's actually it's uh, finished. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know if do you want to talk uh, about it or do you want me to edit it out? It's supposed to come out in June. Okay. But I don't know if it's like a fixed date. Okay. Yet, so. Well, we can just say that that it's coming, right? It's coming. Yeah. yeah and it sounds different. Really? Yeah, it sounds different. Yeah. Okay. Would it be similar to? Because actually, you have a, a recent records release records release out yeah which you know yeah there's definitely some housey elements to it but like we we're saying it rides the fine line between house and techno 
Absolutely. Um, that's the, I mean, that's the direction on also on the album. It's more like inspired by... I, I don't like this genre thing, but it's like more like Detroit stuff, uh, more more, more mis- melodic, yeah, soulful. more melodic. Like Beatport did this melodic techno thing now, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm so proud of to be yeah. in there. <laughs> no, just kidding, because for me it's just like everything is techno. What I do, you know, like yeah. that's why I don't like this splitting up in in genres. You know, also the more housey stuff is still techno for me. Yeah, I don't care. You know, music. It's good music. So I played, you know. Well, I find the most interesting stuff is the stuff that is hard to explain. You know what I mean? Like, is yeah, but a, why? Why do you always have to name something? That's because the the human brain oh. wants. It's always doing pattern recognition and wants to figure out wh- how. Like, what is this? Yeah, what am absolutely. I but I mean, do you really need like uh, two more subgenres or whatever? I don't think so. Of course not. But kids <laughs> love those. Like, uh, what? I, I'm really hey, into... I, I'm, I'm listening to yeah. cloud rap now or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is this, man? <laughs> Dude, don't even get me started on that shit. Lil Xan and Lil Pump and Lil Windex yeah, and all this it. shit. Yeah. But um, you know, because right now I'm sort of. Uh, I'm, there's a lot of cool shit coming out in like a lot of the urban genres and stuff like that. Just how they're doing processing on the drums and like absolutely moving sound around and like Arca's doing crazy shit and um you know you still have old names like Burial and whatnot. Um, so but it's like that music's kind of hard to cl- classify. And of course, kids now I think they call it future beat or whatever. But it's like such a. I never heard of that. That well, that's what it, that's what's according to you know because I keep my ear open to the streets. No, I'm yeah. Just kidding. But uh, I'm just like, man, this is the most stupidest name or future garage or whatever. And it's like something that'll last six months. You know? Yeah, maybe but, less. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't. I don't get it. But I mean, uh, to come back to the thing with the album, it's like it would sound different. I. But that's also because I. I produced the, the stuff uh, during uh, a tough time, you know. Okay. So I, I or me, me in person, I can I can spot the difference. Maybe some people don't like it, but I mean, at least I mean, in in the end, I just do the music for my own. Yeah, that's how you got to do it, man. Yeah, and um, if people like it, perfect. If not, I mean, I don't care. Fair enough. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure it's going to go over well. You know, the last stuff's been going over. And, um, you know, with with the new record, the thing is, is like when people automatically, I think, it's, well, this is more with like diehard techno heads. When they automatically think of house or Detroit techno, they yeah. think, oh, it's going to be a cheesy melody or something. But it's like, nah, man, there's still like this, there's a, some sort of little emotional impact or hook that you get from that that you don't get from drum tracks or, absolutely you know and, i mean drum tracks are just like tools yeah. which is fine to work with as a dj yeah because you can do a lot of with it but um i mean in the end like what, what i said in the beginning it's like everything sounds nearly the same um and that's like kind of boring and that that's what what I was really bored about in, in the past couple of months. And that's why I also uh, did this kind of stuff now, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And then, so in that process here, you have, let's say 
for lack of a better wording, the funky stuff is on records. Are you going to try and keep uh, circuit and pattern research for, mm, let's say, more like the stripped down Thule stuff? Uh, that's that's a good question. I would say yes. I mean, uh, SCKT for sure. That's also uh, always like this Thule stuff. Um, actually, the six will come out in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, which is like a new version of, of Corp, uh, mm-hmm. which I did on, on figure. Oh. But that's like an exception, I would say. Um, pattern research is um, what I would say my new platform to do the stuff which I would have done on figure or exile mm-hmm. back in the days. And like Rickets is like playground. I mean, uh, Matt is giving me like full freedom, which yeah. is perfect you know as an artist yeah i mean the nice thing about matt is that he's he's always been good with the nr like when you listen to records there's a wide range of stuff absolutely that's what i love about the label from the beginning you know i'm following them Mm -hmm. since day one and i always i mean that's something which keeps a label interesting yeah oh shit that was loud sorry about that don't worry (laughs) um but the other part is about Matt is that, you know, because we were talking earlier, like how there's a lot of records are not really, they're great records or they're, they're selling well, but they, can you remember them in two years? And I, no. a lot of them you can't, but with, with Matt Radio Slave, he has this ability to like catch on to something that he's, I would say is like iconic. Like last year, that feel the same way record. Yeah. He I mean, did he, he's always doing another anthems. Club. Yeah. Kind of, you know, you know like, um, I mean, I still remember the No Sleep series or whatever. Yeah, great records. Especially also the artwork. <laughs> of course. Um, but, um, I mean, he's always on point. Stripped down, on point, like 10 minutes tracks. They don't get mm-hmm. boring. That's Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, kind of what I was getting to is he, he finds that element that sticks out and that that's memorable. It's kind of like when it comes to design, um, whether it's art or shoes or whatever, yeah. like there's a lot of decent designs, but what sticks out and you're going to remember later. Of and course. It's really hard to find those nuances. He's good for that, you know? Um, so yeah, good, good uh, camp to be part of for sure. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful. Nice. And so, but Right now, before the album has come out, you recently have, uh, well, like you said, the, the SCKT record. Yeah, the six, Corp. yeah. The new pattern research. Is there a title for that, or is it just number one? Or? I just said, like, pattern research one. Okay, so, <laughs> so that, and um, and then the record's released. Is it New Life, My Life? Yeah, New Life. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you got a lot coming out. Do you see yourself following up right away after the album, or just kind of pump the brakes and... actually the only thing which is on the list right now is the album and i don't have finished anything else yet um that's also the reason why uh now is like a really um tight schedule for, mm-hmm. for my releases because i finished the SCKT 6 at the same time with the pattern research <laughs> that's how it goes man yeah i'm in the middle of like a three or four record run where it's all now yeah. coming out at once and i mean of course uh, like I, I was talking to matt and he was like okay try to uh stretch it a bit and i was like yeah okay it's i mean it's 
my own platform. I mean, I have total freedom. So I set the distribution. I, I told them, uh, please wait a few weeks until the rickets came out. And, you know, like... Yeah, totally. I mean, of course, the distribution doesn't see or don't want to see that, but that's... It's part of the business. Yeah, Sometimes part of the it business. happens. Yeah. And, I mean, the, the nice thing is, is also with... Uh, since it's your label and your music, you don't have to like right now with enemy, I'm trying to juggle a lot of people. So sometimes okay, you get, even though you got to speed things up or push it back, yeah. get a little pushback from the artist and it gets to be a pain in the ass with you. You just like, it's coming out when it needs to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Total Amazing. freedom. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a benefit of having your own label, you know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing is it's kind of, Kind of ballsy to to start a new label in 2018, but I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is you've been around for a minute and you're established, so it kind of works. But like, it's so because I thought about maybe kind of starting one for myself, kind of a yeah. uh, like you said. Kind, well, actually, it'd be more like I guess in the lines of SCKT, where it's just me and it's like yeah. one defined thing or something. Yeah. But I still think like, man, I don't know if I. I mean, I give people credit who will start a label in this day and age. It's tough it's, nowadays yeah. because everyone is doing that. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, that's also with releasing music. I mean, everyone is releasing music. It's getting too much. You can't check everything nowadays. That's Yeah. And the thing is, I don't really have a good... There's a lot of people when I'm on the road or they're right in, they're like, how am I supposed to get my music noticed? And uh, There's no... There's no right way or wrong. No, way. There's, there's there's no receipt for uh, getting noticed. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, what works for you won't work for me, or vice absolutely. versa. Absolutely. I mean, so. I was lucky enough at that time when I started to have the first release on Swarovic Artifacts, and um, then um, at that time I was also already in contact with Len, mm -hmm. and um, the the figure SPCJ was also also finished already, and um, I mean, right time, right place, and really thankful for that time. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And so these days, even though you got a bunch of records out, we never really got into the DJing much. I know for a fact, just because we talk online and I kind of see what you're up to and stuff, you're always going out and buying cool records and stuff. Do you do you see yourself more as a DJ or a producer or? Oh, that's Does a good, it come and go? That's a good question. Someone uh, asked me that last week too. Um, it's like 50-50, I would say. I yeah. mean, of course, during the week I'm I'm producing. Yeah. And uh, on the weekends I'm DJing and uh, testing out the stuff which I produce. Um, I would say DJ maybe because I just started with DJing and producing came mm -hmm. up later. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, do you see yourself ever trying to do, like, a mix CD or anything or just kind of keep it, like, show up to the show and that's what you get sort of thing? I thought about that for SEKT someday uh, with just my own material yeah. and exclusive material, like uh, Central District did exactly. back in the days. Um, otherwise... It's tough, man. It's a big project. It's super tough. I mean, I, I thought I, about it for myself, and it's... yeah, because I mean, I also had a listen on the, on the, on the fabric from Zach, and 
which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, it would take me too much time to uh, get like exclusive music from from friends and whatever. I mean, that's like a forerun of yeah. a, of a year, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the process, but um, yeah. Or you do like a yeah, like a mix CD, like yeah, like Villa Lobos or Omar S. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of like I think that's kind of the way to do it is like a mix album hybrid. Yeah, and actually, Eftemin's got a new one of those out. the The interesting thing about that is because he was playing some of those tracks when I was with him. I don't know, like two years ago already. No, even even more before that. I think I just caught him at Berghain and like there was a there was like two or three times where I went up to him like what's his track and people you can go up to ask and they don't really care the usually they're nice and they'll tell you the track Absolutely, ID yeah. and he was nice but by the third time he was kind of like dude what the fuck but also the the ironic part was each time it was one of his new ones you know, <laughs> you know what I mean it was yeah that's like, kind of a compliment was it know? the Marcus track yeah. or anything you know <laughs> and uh, so I wrote him I'm like what's going on with all this music he's like well um, I think it's gonna be an album. And then nothing happened for quite a while. Okay. And then I played again with him recently on New Year's. He's like, oh, yeah, I get, all that stuff you heard, it's it's finally coming. It's on this compilation. And uh, he's like, dude, I can't believe how much time it takes to, to you know, get the right tracks from your friends. Because you kind of don't want some shit track. You want something pretty great. But then again, if it's people needed... I don't really like doing compilation tracks anymore because it always gets overlooked, you know? Yeah. People find the one big hit and then the other 19 tracks or whatever it is, they just... They Fall take, away. Yeah. yeah. And so... But, I mean, pretty much everything on that CD is great, you know? So, okay. Now I'm really looking forward to yeah. that. <laughs> no, it's cool. And I, I really think... I don't know. It could be the way kind of going forward, I think, for for DJ albums because it, or well, techno DJ producers. Cause I, listen, I have no problem with doing, um, you know, drone, Joni atmospheric ambient stuff or whatever. But yeah. like when they try to do a whole album of it, it like that's getting kind of old. So it's like, you know, I mean, that's something which bores me a lot. Like the, the I ambient mean, side of the fence. Um, no, nah, because like everyone, like every every techno DJ who's doing an album forces himself to do like ambient stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't play ambient, so why should I produce ambient? I mean, if if I feel if I feel it in the studio, okay, mm -hmm. perfect. But I never would force me to do like a whole different direction. Yeah. Um, which which I would never play out or whatever. I yeah. It, it's takes you i i don't know what well, to say about yeah that. Here, here's my theory on it like it's it can be really easy music to make i mean yeah. doesn't mean it's easy to make it good but it's easy to make it so it's like if you or i hop on a keyboard or on the plug-in on the computer and you push a couple keys and you're like "Ooh, that sounds like a movie soundtrack yeah, pad thing stretch it and <laughs> and automatically you just assume well then let's just roll with that and then you make it a three minute song yeah um so it's kind of easy to do but not everybody does it well some yeah. people are incredible at it i mean that's that's but, the reason why you don't really find uh 
like an ambient thing on my LPs so mm -hmm. far. I mean, maybe they, I don't think. But I watch think... next year, you'll have an ambient record out. No, who knows? But never never about, say never. Say never. I mean, you're a hip hop fan. Do you ever see yourself? A hip hop fan is, uh, I would say uh, it's too tough. <laughs> yeah. Hip hop fan is like, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a hip hop fan. I'm, I'm following certain Okay, I stuff. thought you were big into it. I'm I'm into it. I'm mm -hmm. I'm listening to it a lot, like in the car or whatever. Um, but more also the old stuff, like from the '90s. Fair enough. Me like too. Nas and Wu Tang. And yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of influenced by that also, um, because when you listen to the first three kids, there was like a breakbeat thing mm -hmm. on it, and maybe that's my my thing to put that influence into my productions. Yeah. But I mean, so you don't ever really get like, because obviously you, I know that you're really working hard in the studio and you learn all these like crazy skills. Aren't you ever like, Hmm, I'm going to try to do anything to do big money with hip hop drum or bass <laughs> or whatever, you know, but I mean, just for fun to be like, I need to get this out of my system is, you know, yeah, would would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I will give it a try one day. Yeah. Um, but like I said, normally when I go into the studio, I just turn on everything and see what happens. And right on. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, are you pretty? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Elusive about the studio? Do you try to keep your setup uh, quiet, or is that something you're comfortable to talk about? Or there's not not much to talk about yeah i mean um, are, are you much of a hardware guy or more in like the box or? also uh, like i mean arrangement wise i do everything in the box yeah um also i have my favorite plugins which i nearly use in on every production mm -hmm. um then i have like a couple more couple of machines but nothing special i mean like uh, the usual stuff tr8 i just bought for for jamming around and playing mm -hmm. around and but it's not synced so when i record i just um um sync it by by ear you know yeah uh, so you have this too. natural um sort of swing yeah sort of swing in in the stuff yeah. so yeah I mean, I've been trying to these days, actually with the TR8, I did that on a couple tracks recently where it's like, you know what? I can't get the USB to sync the MIDI properly. I'll do it myself. And yeah. I, I like this. It's uh, super easy. And... and and the other part is um, shutting off the grid it changes everything to like where it snaps to it. So not everything is perfectly on. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, know. when when you listen to the records from, from the 90s, like... I always say like imperfection is perfection. Yeah. For me, it, yeah. for me, you know, like when you heard hear these um small mistakes which happened back in the days in the recordings mm -hmm. and like yeah. or you can tell they they turned the filter on like just a little too late or something. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I love that. I mean that's something nowadays would never happen. Yeah. I think because everyone want to have like full control yeah because you are able to yeah um but i mean that's for me that's the interesting side you know like mm -hmm. doing mistakes yeah totally yeah but i mean these days it's all kind of packaged up for people like i did a sample cd before and it 
made a lot of money, so I was super interested in doing another one. Okay. But at the same time, I kind of got... It's very hypocritical, I know, but I got tired of the sample CD culture where I'm like, I think it's fine if you want to have a sample CD that you use, but like people, that's all they used. And for me, I don't even have any of them these days. I don't need them. Well, but maybe maybe you should do some some new sample packs and uh, maybe there will be like a Beatport number one hit. Maybe. From it. Well, that was the other thing. I still hear like almost weekly tracks with like promos where I can tell the my loops were in really the yeah okay so they don't um change a lot or because not really no because when i use like uh when 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 i work with samples mm -hmm. which i do mm -hmm. um i change them like until i can't tell where it's from or whatever yeah. you know like yeah i mean that's kind of the it's all about how creative you want to be yeah. you know what i mean like if you sample a loop from whatever track not necessarily techno on techno but from another genre and if you just leave it as is that's kind of lazy but if you pitch it down that's up, not whatever. creative yeah exactly <laughs> and so that's the that's the gray area because it's like what is creative and what isn't but um and i the thing is i don't really think sample cds make that much money these days at least from the other people i was talking to and the other part is on top of that With the sample CDs, you have, I don't know, like, it, so it sounds like every record that's in techno is coming out from the same sample CDs right now. But then I go and try to do some research, like, what are these sample CDs? And they all sound terrible. <laughs> like, apparently, I, I don't go to the right places to shop for this stuff. I don't even know what they are. I just know that every track has the same sounds, and I don't know where they're coming from. Is, <laughs> but that's fine, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. I mean, yeah. But so, but I mean, with your tracks, and maybe you're just a good enough engineer where you're tricking me, but to my ear, it definitely sounds like a lot of, maybe not even so much synths, but like outboard processing or something. Okay, like I'm that. tricking you. Are you? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good thing, though. <laughs> I didn't know if like uh, you had like a... I mean, I have like external effects, um, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. like the DP4 from Ensonic, I mm -hmm. guess, yeah. uh, Sherman filter bank, um, which I don't really use anymore um, because it's too much for me at the moment. It's like, um, ah, what character is it? It's that? too wild. I mean... Yeah, it's like you got to let the animal out of its cage and it yeah. goes fucking nuts. Yeah. It's like Animal from Sesame Street or the Muppet Babies or whatever that yeah. is, the, the, the purple character that's just banging on the fucking drums yeah. and like... Actually, the the only track where I used that Sherman filter bank properly was the Corp track on Figure. Oh, I mean, and that was the first thing I did after receiving the filter bank, you know, mm -hmm. like, which is pretty funny because after that I n nearly never touched that one again, which is kind of sad. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, maybe. but all it takes is going over to someone's house and seeing them rocking it, and you're like, "Fuck, maybe I should uh, absolutely should go turn this on again." Absolutely, <laughs> and then you have the opportunity, you know, like exactly. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of that interesting, it's, but that's that's good. That's a good example right there because a lot of people think you need to have all this shit to sound crazy. But if no. you're doing a lot of that with the plugins, then you know. I mean, nowadays uh, it's crazy. Are like, you into UAD plugins or no, anything? Absolutely no. not. Um, but I mean, 
why why do I use uh, hardware is like because it's for me it's interest or more interesting to put my hands on something totally uh, and not just clicking on the mouse and on the keyboard and whatever um, but I mean I just started back in the days of course just with a computer yeah. so because I, I was not able to afford anything I had my computer I had this crappy program and whatever and so I started you know mm -hmm. yeah I mean uh, my first experiences with making music was on the computer and then fortunately I was still living with my parents so I could save up and actually yeah, get a perfect. couple pieces of gear but I mean it really doesn't matter which way you do it the only thing is is like you said you can be more expressive with your hands Absolutely. rather than one finger yeah. and um but I mean, I, and then again, maybe it's tricking me and you're just using envelopes or something, but I feel like when you listen to your track, sometimes you take like maybe a, you know, four, eight bar loop or something from a jam session or whatever, because it's always like a little bit modulating or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of the secret yeah. to, to keeping things interesting. Yeah. What, what I do is that, for example, with the TR8, um, I go uh, on my, on my mixer, I go with the sent return into, into the DP4. And there I have like a really nice, my favorite effect from, from that piece. And I just put on the hi-hats and whatever. So on my highs uh, in, the, in, the, in the tracks, um, there's nearly always the same effect. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I'll leave the secret for you, but... <laughs> yeah um yeah but it's fun you know and then i just record like three four five minutes whatever and then i take maybe the i parts. take the whole take or i just mm -hmm. cut something out you know that's the way to do it yeah. i mean you know like see some shit sitting around the house here absolutely just what i have and like just letting it kind of evolve on its own or get a little bit loose and whatnot yeah but for for people that don't know what we're talking about the dp4 unit you would have heard it on Richie Houghton's DE9 CD. The f I don't know if you used it after the first one, but on that one, that was the effects and Dex effects in 909. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a great unit, and it's actually still affordable. At, yeah. I think I got it for two, 300 Yeah. I mean, if you want to get like... Uh, Let's see, more like the, the Eventide H3000 or 8000 or something. Those are going to be really expensive. Yeah, I mean, you, you have know? to sell your car for that or something. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, so with with that said, do you ever see yourself, like, um, doing, like, a live set or anything? Or <laughs> um, Yeah. Someday? Someday. Um I mean, I wanted to finish that like last year, <laughs> and then it just didn't happen. <laughs> but I, I'm too lazy. I mean, uh, I don't know where to start, and I mean, yeah, it's a tough one because I, I have like certain, certain criterias, yeah, which I want to fulfill, and um, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I have some stuff already for the live setup. But I mean, I don't know if I ever will go on on road with it. But I mean, the the idea is super old. <laughs> yeah, it would um, be nice. But yeah, you gotta get to it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, 
what got me to start doing a live set again, I did that kind of to follow up with my album. So you did it back in the days already? Or? Well, I did it primarily instead okay. of DJing. Okay. Because uh, I actually started producing before DJing. And okay. then actually until like 2007-ish, I was mostly DJing. Or okay. not DJing, but playing live. Yeah. Uh, but I still had a lot of... I could. DJ just fine for not four decks, three decks and all that shit. And then I, my old agent, uh, when I was doing both, I was playing in Europe and he's like, yeah, I got you coming back over to Europe, but you're just doing DJ sets. I'm like, cool, but should I pack the gear? He's like, no, you're a better DJ. We're going to focus on DJ. <laughs> and then like, it just, I said, okay. Cause so I was totally just, flipped. I just wanted to go to Europe. And since then, I've been focusing on DJing. Okay, just because one guy was like, "You need to do that." <laughs> but I mean, then then it's I think it's easier for you because you're coming from that life background, you know. So it's easier for you to do it again. I think it is. I mean, it, but the thing is, is nowadays it's also a little different because techno has become such a big thing over here. Uh, if I go to play at a festival, which I was primarily, I, I wanted to focus on doing venues and parties where you would actually have the room and the attention because sometimes you show up and you get they don't pay attention to your writer at yeah, all some, 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 sometimes it seems that they don't care where the music comes from yeah they don't care at all yeah. so but like with festivals and stuff i know i'm going to have enough space to set up and blah 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 but then the nearest people are like 10 meters from you because the stage is huge <laughs> and i'm standing up here like kind of sweating my balls off trying to like do this live show and i realize nobody can even see my hands yeah doing that like i could just be playing an mp3 like and then i, I kind of was just like man why am i bending over backwards for this i could just be <laughs> djing and then i i kind of stopped doing it but i'm sort of in the mood again to to maybe like you i i have I, the idea sounds nice but I don't yeah know. <laughs> i mean it's super interesting but it for me it takes too much time yeah Well, and that's the other part, like to, if I write an hour of new music for the live set, then you have to spend the time to break it down and be able to play it somehow. Yeah. Like how, how much of it is not pre-recorded, but sort of already kind of lined up versus how much are you able to do spontaneously? Because you can't do it all with two hands by yourself. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I said. Like I have my criterias, you know, like that's why I bought like an sampler stuff like mm -hmm. that for that playback thing where yeah. i have like hooks or whatever yeah. um from from certain tracks um like drumming and whatever i w i would do like live yeah and um some processing yeah, yeah some processing and yeah but i mean i that's the thing i really don't know where to start and that's why it didn't happen yeah yet Well, for me, what I did is I said, yeah, I'm doing a live set now. Uh, just put that in the newsletter for my agent. And then the request actually said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. I'm like, oh, fuck. So you're forced. I forced myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. And I, I would say like to people listening who are kind of tossing it up, I think doing a live set is a good idea right now because there's a million DJs and a lot of them are pretty good. There's a lot of bad ones too, but I mean, there's not as many live acts, you know? Absolutely. So... That's kind of where I stand on that. <laughs> yeah, but then the question is, are the people really interested in seeing live acts? Um, I mean, I, I am. I think so. I am. Yeah. Especially when it's like hardware only. Mm -hmm. Because you can see what they are doing, you know. Yeah. 
I think it, it depends because if it's just like a guy standing, like, for example, I was, I'm a big fan of like convection ERP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've seen him a couple of times and the music's amazing. And then when you go up there, it's like, uh, you know, he's just got a very simple laptop. I think it's maybe a controller <laughs> and a laptop or something. And I just, you know, but when you hear that kind of music, I assumed it would be like Jean-Michel Jarre or something with like a fucking huge rack of synths. Yeah. And it's so it, it's all about putting on a show or like maybe if you're a duo or a trio like Fioc, it's three guys rocking out on I gear. mean, with three guys, that's it's no problem. Sell. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean. So, I don't know. And then, then you can, you are able to do everything live when you're three guys or yeah. two guys. You know, like Scotch. Yeah, uh, one one is for the drums and one is for effects and uh, synths. You know, mm-hmm. like that's the perfect split. Totally. I mean, so yeah, I think people do have an interest in seeing live music, but uh, they're just used to DJs more. But I could be wrong. Could be. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the kids think these days. Do they give a shit about rock concerts? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't understand the yaws nowadays. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Um, but but speaking of kind of uh, youth and whatnot, uh, obviously they control what ultimately happens in the techno scene and housing or nightlife in general. Things have really leaned towards faster, harder, ravier. Um, how do you feel about that? We've been there. Yeah. That's um, a good way to put it. <laughs> I think it's like a cycle which continues, like a like a maybe fifteen years cycle or whatever. Yeah. Um and I think and I'm crossing fingers for that, that this bubble which is blowing up at the moment will collapse one day again. Like it did when was it? Before I mean, the, just overall. No, I mean, uh, what kind of which we, bubble? We, we, this this huge festival, oh, yeah. uh, ED, like EDM ish show thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been there already in the 2000s, yeah. Um, something happened, nobody was interested in that big stuff anymore, really. I think that's my yeah. point of view, I would say. And then this minimal stuff blew up, got big, and then techno came back and whatever. I think it's like a cycle. Not all, yeah, always. Yeah. It's like circle of life. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I agree with that. but And also with you know current music trends, it's a, it's a cycle also. But it's just kind of interesting because... You know, some of these, are, some of these guys are doing it really well. And, you know, for example, like when you said you were putting out your first records, it was kind of sort of like because of the minimal era in a way, or at least stripped down, or like maybe a, you were influenced by that a little bit, right? Could be, of course. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like a lot of these old records, it sounds like stuff from like the mid to late 90s, hmm. um, maybe a little bit more sad, trancey or whatever. But, um, and I'm, it's just like... I don't know where some of these people get their influences from, which, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know too. <laughs> That's the secret. Yeah. I mean, I, I have my influences 
Right know? on. Um, I mean, I'm still uh, discovering stuff from back in the days because there was also already so much good stuff. Oh, totally. And I mean, it's interesting to go through other people record collection i mean um i have a really good friend um he had a record shop uh, in Düsseldorf back mm -hmm. in the days and um yeah then he had to close blah blah and yeah we we lost each other's um yeah, what do you contact say contact information yeah contact or whatever and all of a sudden we ran into uh one day again and yeah we're checking stuff and now he's like oh you have to check this you have to check this and every time we meet uh he's giving me like uh 20 records or whatever which he thinks are interesting for me because we have kind of a similar taste yeah and that's so interesting for example there was one record i was going through and i was like fuck man I was searching for that like for ever. Oh wow, that's such you a know? good feeling when you find goosebumps. It, goosebumps. That's and awesome. That's like the most thankful thing to have someone who has all these records like from back in the days totally. and you have the opportunity to to go through that, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And that's that's uh especially since one and a half years a big influence for me. Um, that's also why I started to play also more the old stuff again. Mm -hmm. um, because also I'm tired of the new stuff. There's nothing yeah. special or whatever. Yeah. Like, not, I mean, not really often. Yeah, so, exactly. So. I mean, for me, I, I, I get most excited by old records. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I also don't want to be like one of, well, like my dad or like some of these other parents or whatnot, where they are stuck in the past with like you know this decade of music. Yeah, mi or mi something mi mix mixes with with something new. Like, yeah, that's, I mean that's that's, that's the goal. Part. Yeah, but I mean I'm also like really obsessed with music, so I'm always looking for new shit. Absolutely, and uh, I'm finding a lot of cool stuff that is what I call podcast music. Great for that kind of thing, but <laughs> yeah. it's. I don't necessarily know if they would go off at parties, at least not the ones I get to play at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Maybe at deck mantle. Exactly, yeah. but my phone ain't ringing, so yeah. I'm not necessarily, <laughs> I'm not preparing that playlist. Mine either, so. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of really cool shit coming out. Is there something that, like, a certain label or sound that you kind of or find yourself attached to right now? As a fan of from from the newer labels or or just like you know uh, for example, I would say uh, there's one label called Seven Seven Seven. Yeah, um, I knew that. I one. think that's from Frankfurt. Maybe I don't know. Could be wrong. But I mean, that's like kind of a core group of people, and it's it's not quite that lo-fi house sort of sound, but it's not uh, like banging house or techno either. It kind of sits in that weird sort of uh i think well b4 calls it left field house and techno now <laughs> so if we go by yeah. b4 classification okay okay uh, um, like that's kind of what i'm into at the moment but definitely i mean that's super interesting stuff um oh, to name one label or two labels it's really difficult 
Yeah, I, I hate um, to do it on the show because it's like putting people. Well, if you're in front of your record collection, you'd be like, "Oh, this." Is yeah, yeah, of course, of yeah. course, that's super easy then. But um, I mean, to name like like something, it's for mm. me right now, it's impossible. Like, of course, I mean, I was always a fan of the knife stuff from mm -hmm. Dial. Uh-huh. Um so that's why I'm really excited to to listen to that new project. Um but I mean that's also going on since a couple of years now, I think. Yeah. Um just in that vein though, like not quite big room records, but I mean like all just... the Levin Vincent stuff on Novel Sound yeah. is I'm I'm a huge Levin Vincent. Levon is great, uh, DJQ, all those guys. Yeah, I DJQ, mean. amazing. I mean yeah. I love his stuff because that's this trippy, housey, techno-ish thing, you yeah. know. That's that's it's, what it's, I love. It's really man, the sun is right in my eyes right now. <laughs> uh I mean it, it I, I would say, you know, I I had Q on the show. Yeah. And I said, I can tell, obviously, that you have a house background or whatever. Of course. I'm like, a lot of your new stuff to me seems like it's, it's mainly techno. And he's like, you think so? Like, he never even thought of it being techno. To him, it was all like house or just dance Really? Music. For me, it's more the techno-ish thing. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he, yeah, he, he was super surprised. Like, I never even thought of it like that. But I mean, I guess <laughs> that's what it comes down to is, yeah. you know, I, I think... What I release, I wouldn't really classify as like hard techno. Maybe a couple tracks here or there. But then I have some people, when I go up and talk to them, they're like, oh, you and that banging shit. You know what I mean? Like, they think, <laughs> So I'm like, everybody's got a different yeah, yeah. degree of, of what something is. Yeah. So. I mean, that's that's why I don't like this genre thing at all. Mm -hmm. Because everyone has like a different um, view on it. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to like other influences with the music, like for example, even judging from your Instagram, what you're really active with, you're a big fan of like design, so to speak, or like I yeah. don't know if you're much of a like focusing on design, but you you can tell when things look good, and you emphasize that or photography. I mean, I ha I have a graphic design background. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay, so so yeah, that's maybe the reason. Yeah, so all those <laughs> nuances are there. I mean, is this um? Obviously, on the design sort of things, this is a it's it sticks with you. But does that influence the music at all, or is just kind of not really? I mean, if you are in a record shop, of course, you take the record which looks interesting at yeah. first because it's like like going to a bar and you see a woman and you don't know how she is, but you see her and she's pretty, so you go over. Yeah. That's the same like in a record shop. You go to that record, yeah. pick it up, listen to it. Yeah, I mean anything. Like if you if you're looking at the menu, especially these restaurants where there's a picture, everything you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's most most of the time like stock photos. Oh yeah, so. of course. I mean, <laughs> and then most of the time you don't want to order at a restaurant with the pictures. Yeah, but sometimes you'd be surprised. Sometimes. Um, but yeah, and then so do you? I mean, a lot of this, like for example, resist. Did you do the? Is that you in the picture? Yeah, that's that, me. Yeah, cool. And then do you ever see yourself doing like a, I mean, do you do, you do projects just for fun, like uh, other graphic projects? Or do you see yourself doing like a book or a gallery or anything like that? Or um, No. No. <laughs> um, I I still do uh, some, some graphic design or, uh, yeah, for uh, odd even. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the label from Andre Cronard. Yeah. Um, but that's just because just he, he's a super close friend of mine and he asked me because he's old graphic designer, he jumped off and mm -hmm. he didn't know what to do because he had all these releases lined up and mm -hmm. I was like, I mean, come on, of course. I mean, I have this background for me. It's super easy to to do that you know just send me the material and um i mean of course it's super nice because i can do the artwork for my own labels i don't have to pay someone to do that you know mm -hmm. it's yeah i mean like you i think you even said that your last records release was artwork from yeah it's was it japan that's, uh, yeah, yeah it's tokyo um that's the photo i took or part of a photo okay. um that's what i always tried to from the beginning like also with figure um i started with figure spc and i asked glenn is it possible to choose the colors and he was like yeah of course so i i for that spc thing i i've chosen the earth tones you mm -hmm. know like all the time i said like this pantone this pantone mm -hmm. and then um we started to do the figure main thing Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, DNA with the album I had one photo which I really loved um, so I sent it over and yeah with all the nearly all the records where is like photography is taken on my own yeah. man they're really nice like I remember the record you did with Lennon had the skulls is that right or yeah but that's not for me <laughs> no I figured not that's, but I mean it's that's licensed. well curated yeah, you know what I mean it's licensed yeah but that that was the idea from Len, with yeah. because he had this artist on on his mind, which he saw like two months before, mm -hmm. like by by random access, uh, by by random accident, accident, yeah, yeah, accident, right. And um, then he was like, "Yeah, what do you think about that?" And I was like, "Fuck, that fits," you know. And then he he was contacting the the guy, and yeah, then he licensed that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I I think you know because a lot of labels you you see the label artwork, and it's I don't even want to say an example because then of course somebody would be like, oh, that's my label, I just a dick. <laughs> but it just it's kind of like a bit uh, trashy, or in Germany would be like proliat or something, you know, just like I don't know. I I I think. If you, for me, I, I used to hire a designer to do things. Yeah. And some people don't like the artwork on my label and can't please everybody. But now, since I don't have a full-time designer, I'm starting to license images. A lot of times, they're cool with it if you just write them yeah. and, and hook them up a little bit. And I think that's the best way to go about artwork right now. Because when you rely on a designer and they come back with something you don't like, and you're all also asking to give them like fifty dollars for sushi or something. Yeah, and that's yeah, the yeah. payment. They're going to tell you to go fuck yourself. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I think the best thing to do is find a picture you like on Instagram. Talk to the author, or you know. Yeah, I artist. think I think nowadays it's the way to go. Yeah, if you if you don't have the opportunity uh, to do it on your own, mm -hmm. perfect. I mean, do yeah, it like this. Uh, right on. Well, we're actually, we're getting more than an hour into the show here, so I think we're going to get going before too long here. Um, <laughs> but before we do that, I want to talk about, well, we already talked about what's coming real soon, but what about other podcasts or things like that? Um, 
What do you mean, like lined up, like already recorded? Stuff well, or, anything uh, you know that you want to pump. Is there something recently out or something coming that people should be aware of? Um, I think the last one, if I'm correct, was the Deep Space Helsinki. Okay, it's a good radio show. Yeah, they support me also since day one, I guess. Yeah, which good is guys. Like, I was like, oh fuck. I mean, that's the thing. I still wonder. Um. Like uh, when people or when I recognize that people have me on the, their radar, you know, mm -hmm. like it's super weird. That that was also the um, the thing, like getting in touch with Radio Slave. Yeah. Like a friend of mine, he saw the post of Radio Slave, like top ten tracks, Panorama Bars, is Sunday, and my turn on track was was inside. Yeah. And I just dropped him an email and was like. Fuck man, thank you so much for the support. Yeah, um, you made my day, whatever. And then he was like, "Yeah, man, I love your stuff and whatever." And I mean, that's that's so weird when when you see that people who or where you look up to that they have you on on your radar. You know, it's like, a great feeling. It's, I mean, I I was watching recently the it's now on Netflix. There's this dr dre documentary the defiant yeah, ones amazing yeah it's a really good good show even if you're not into either him or jimmy Iovine. it's super inspiring yeah and I it mean, proves that you gotta get off the fucking couch you just gotta hustle absolutely um but you know in in there eminem was in the show which he pissed me off but i'll tell you why in a minute <laughs> but uh he's like yeah man i looked up to dre and then all of a sudden next thing i know i'm sitting in his office yeah. and then we're going to the studio yeah. and Still to this day, um, people who I could call friends now that I could, we could text right now, there are people that I looked up to and they yeah. always wanted to play the records or like send me new shit. And I'm like, that's more mind blowing to me than whatever having a club full of people. I mean, that's it's awesome to have fans or whatever, but like, you know what I mean? The fact that whoever inspired you is giving a shit that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, but, totally with you. But also in that, so in that documentary, Eminem said it not once but twice. He was talking about Dre and Jimmy and how one was the yeah, Dre was the innovator and Jimmy was the elevator. Yeah, and this is straight from Detroit Techno with the <laughs> Bellevue Three. And I'm like, you fucking oh, you stole the line like blatant, you know? But of course, nobody's ever going to point a finger because the Detroit no. guys are going to be like, there's there's no case there. You yeah. can't go up against Dre, so. I was actually going to, I wanted to post something about that, but I'm trying to lay off the, the Instagram yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that posting stuff now. But actually, uh, going back to, to the podcast thing, I, I have that idea on my mind since half year now um, to do something own, but uh, which is more based on a radio show background, yeah. but as a podcast. Totally. So um, just playing records which are super interesting and i think i will never play in a club or whatever but you because want the I, world to hear them, yeah right? because i buy so many vinyls and whatever and i mean there's nearly never the situation where i can play that you know yeah. because when you book like peak time you're not able to play whatever exactly like this, Shit that's just not through the Yeah, roof. but it's amazing. It's and I mean, I I always think like 
people out there should recognize all of this music because yeah. it's... Well, those are the records that the media usually wants to pump too. Like you'd be like, you see them posting about a label that sells 200 copies and it's like really shitty artwork or whatever, but the music's incredible. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. people are like, oh, that's hipster music. It's like, no, you don't realize after you've seen <laughs> every big techno record imaginable in the last 20 years that this is actually pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think it's a great idea. I you know I bought this whole DJ setup over here, intending to do more DJ mixes, and I just don't touch it. I, I keep <laughs> forcing myself trying to do it. But um, I mean, this podcast, man. I, I mean, it's been going on for I think two and a half, almost three years now, if mm. I'm not mistaken. And there was a, it was like planned already for two years. I own the equipment; it was just sitting in the closet, and you just got to sit down and do it one day. You know? Yeah. Like I've been thinking about doing a. Not a mixtape, but like a tape. Yeah. I guess everybody does cassette tapes now, but big fucking deal. Everybody does records too. Do they still do uh, cassette tapes? It's, people sell a lot of them. It's yeah. just not really in our world. You I know, mean, it's like I think the last the last tape I bought was like two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, listen, dude, I don't even have a tape deck. Yeah. Uh, I borrowed one from my dad. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know, there's a lot of reasons for me not to do a tape, but at the same time, I'm like. Well, fuck it. Why not? Even if I put like a hundred into existence, who cares? It's just something to like keep yourself busy and yeah. keep stay productive. And I also, you know, on something like that, you don't have to do the the stuff that's supposed to keep them on the floor or something. So, no, it's nice. Good yeah. idea. Um, yeah. what about remixes? You're not doing a ton of them, right? Uh, I stopped doing remixes. Uh, end of last year. Uh, there are two more coming out, mm -hmm. which is uh, one for Kamea mm -hmm. and uh, one for Radio Slave uh, for the Grindhouse. Thing, okay. Which was funny because he asked me twice to do that. Like, um, first, when he had that idea in mind um, to do that series, mm -hmm. and I said, like, I feel really honored, but. I don't think that I can handle that because, I mean, Grindhouse was... Huge. So fucking huge. I mean, yeah. like, the Fire remix was blowing up everything, yeah. you know? And I was like, nah, that's too much pressure yeah. for me. And, like, one year after, he asked me, like, again, oh, man, I really want to do that. Uh, that uh, I, I, really, I really want you to do that remix. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Okay, come on. Just send me the parts. You know me. If I can handle that, you have that remix tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I just fired it through the machines and whatever and sent it like next day. And it was like, fuck, that's insane. Awesome. So yeah. it just worked. And right? I was like, okay, cool. So And then I sent it to to Herbert, my, my friend from Düsseldorf which uh, had the record shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, man, that's the best thing you could have done really? ever on that thing because you made that track like um, growing or like like getting, yeah, treating... Evolving or something? Yeah, evolving. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say that in on English. Um, Modulating, something like that. Yeah, like... It's organic. No, not not organic. It's like um Oh fuck. <laughs> but it's kick ass is what you're saying. Yeah, but not on a cheesy way. Yeah, yeah. 
That's... You did it tastefully. Yeah. That's cool. Do, when does that come out, for those that are curious? I don't know. Okay. I mean, it should have come out already, but, I mean, there are, like... Staggering um, them. There's a lot of stretching them. Stretching the release schedule, so... Yeah, one little funny, interesting tidbit about Grindhouse is I joined Records originally. I want to say it was 2007 or something like yeah. that when I gave him Stranger to Stability. And at that time, he was going to do a remix of Grindhouse. And this is before... Because the original of Grindhouse, which I actually prefer to the Dubfire one because it's not as big room, but they're both really good. Um, I loved Grindhouse, obviously. And he's like, you want to do a remix of him? Like, fuck yeah. And at that point, I would have remixed anything. I didn't care. And then, you know, the parts never came, the parts never came. And then (laughs) next thing I know, I heard that there's a record coming out and there's a Dubfire remix. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm off the the bill on this one. And it it was a good thing because that track wanted up you know, it ended up becoming like basically an anthem of that yeah, era. And absolutely, I think every, probably every, the biggest every, track from both Dubfire and Radio Slave. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, yeah, super good. So if you haven't heard that one, it's worth checking out for sure. Okay, definitely on the darker side. Well, man, thanks for coming by, and thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Ciao. Bye. <laughs>